Welcome, welcome, welcome to At The Line. I'm Ty Yeager, here with... Oh, what's up, guys? My name's Mac. <laughs> that, that was a long delay. <laughs> I, I thought we I had this post. timing thing down, man. <laughs> Sorry, it's because the music's still going, so... Well, that's how the music works. <laughs> but this is At The Line, and At The Line is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Be bold and stand out. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. Spurs got a big win over the best team in the league, the R Knights. Uh, Noah Patterson of the 503 for the Fans Trailblazer podcast will be joining us to go in depth with the Bla- about the Blazers and preview their matchup with the Spurs. And then we take your questions and review your hot takes because that's what we're doing now. We do something new every, each week at this point. Got to keep that, you know, the content fresh. Damn right, we have to. All right, but before we get started, at the line is part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles from all of your favorite sports, including from football, racing, baseball, hockey, now basketball with us. Uh, they have AAF. They got a lot of stuff. So go visit them at bellyupsports.com. You can also find them at Twitter, at bellyupsports, and we are excited to be a part of their network now. Belly Up Sports, be bold and stand out. Mac, what's the other thing we're involved with? At the Line is also part of the Rise Up podcast community. Rise Up community dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts all around. Go check out the podcast part of the community at bit.ly forward slash Rise Up community or on Twitter at RUPod community. Yeah, so that's we're excited about that. It's just promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. It's no contracts, no obligations, nothing like that. It's just for promotion and helping each other out as podcasts. So we're proud to be of the Rise Up podcast community. Yeah, we uh, just recently got on board with um, Overtime Heroics. So they do have a forum for their for all their sports takes and just kind of like Reddit. Um, but Overtime Heroics just recently joined the, the Rise Up pod community. So we're happy about that too. Yeah, so... You, if you're a podcast looking to connect with other podcasts, collaborate, f- find different ways how to make your podcast improve, or just promote, join the Rise Up podcast community. It's pretty awesome. All right, so let's get started with the previous games. For some reason, we had a very slow week as a Spurs fan. We only had two games to cover. I believe the Spurs had about so they were on, they played Wednesday against the Hawks. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they had four days off. They definitely needed that, though. I think they. <clears throat> they needed to uh, slow down on their on their game, so it was good for them. All right, but let's start with the Wednesday game, which was a 111-104 win over the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. This was a good spur. It was a good Spurs win overall, uh, but it was also a good win over a good, a pretty hot Hawks team at the time. Yeah, I thought um I thought it was actually a really good road win. So I'm glad that they they went to Atlanta and did what they needed to do. Um, Trey Young has been on an incredible streak, uh, and you know it, a streak that has got garnished him some or warranted some Rookie of the Year votes. So, but Derek White came in and uh, did what he had to do, and you know the Spurs ended up getting getting the one eleven to one oh four win. And that I think Derek White hurt our podcast and us betting over the one point five one and a half blocks <laughs> that we guessed because the dude had like six. Didn't we? Yeah, didn't we guess? Didn't we? Didn't we? We we get we took the 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 over on three, right? Or was it the under? No, no. Three? We we put. I think we made the 
I think we made it like two and a half, and we we all we both bet it over on it. Okay, so we were technically right. I know I took the three. I think. I don't know. I, can't I, I just know that I bet it over two and a half. <laughs> but well, we were right technically. I mean, technically we're right. So, but let's talk about Derek for a little bit. He is the first player in NBA history under six foot eight to post numbers like he did in this game. 18 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, and 6 blocks, which is a career high. It's a career high for him. It also ties the franchise Spurs record, I believe, from Danny Green as a guard. That is insane. So Derek White ties Danny Green, I believe, for the most blocks by a guard in franchise history. In a single game. And the only Spurs players in Spurs history to record those numbers are Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Yeah, those are the only two. Yeah, for sure that I can recall. And I mean, then if we all saw that phantom, or I mean, some people recalled phantom quadruple double in the playoffs that Tim Duncan was supposed to get, but it's he insane. got it. And, but there's a whole another list of players. The shortest guy on that list though is Tracy McGrady at six eight. Derek White is the shortest guy to put up <clears throat> numbers like that, especially with six blocks. Again, you get that tingle, that tingle of something generational, something that is. That the Spurs got another, of course, they got another diamond in the rough. So it's it's development. It's amazing. You just get the tingle that he's going to be the future, or that he is the future. And it's, I will, we have a question about this later, and so we'll go more in depth about Derek's future. But this dude is, this dude's only a second year player, he and he's only twenty four too. Yeah, development. I'm telling you, the development. I don't. It's not even just the G League development. It's just the fact that he. He sat, or he played all four years in college, um, developed his game, and then he went to the, you know, he went to the NBA, and then sat his first year or played his first year mainly in, in in the G League, and let his game develop. And now, you know, now he's just he's blossomed into this amazing all-around NBA player, um, who's probably, if he doesn't get an all-defensive NBA. He's that's definitely a, that's definitely a, like it's a it's a rob it's a robbery. It's gonna be another Davis Bertans thing where it's just the you know the ESPN does hates the Spurs and they don't want anything with the Spurs to do on on their teams. So luckily or we the NBA. So luckily we saw Dejounte terrible. get it last season and Derek White's been <clears> doing pretty. I would say even better than Dejounte was last season, more with an all around game. So I would assume that he would get the All NBA defensive team at least second. Defensive team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. If if they don't, it's it's an absolutely robbery. Absolutely, absolutely. All but, right. Um, so the team. I mean, overall, the team did really great. They out rebound the Hawks, forty nine to forty seven. So that was good. Um, as far as assists, they you know out assist the Hawks as well, twenty seven. So it was a great overall team performance. The team uh, all together shot almost fifty percent compared to the Hawks at forty percent. So even though Trey Young, you know, got his. Even though Trey Young scored twenty two points, the the team overall did really, really well to balance it balance it out. Yeah, Lamarcus was besides Derek having six blocks. Derek, Lamarcus also showed up with thirty two points and nine rebounds, also with two blocks himself and a steal. It was a good all around game. The team did suffer on turnovers. They had about I want to say eleven turnovers, right? Yes. Yeah. The so team they, did suffer. Yeah, they suffered on turnovers, and the three ball wasn't on fire as it has been in the before but like we like you said with the with the rebounds they were crashing the defensive re- 
board and they had they were just blocking everything. They had nine total blocks. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like it was an overall great team win. Everybody contributed that was on the floor. And Davis Davis poured in twelve points, Patty Mills poured in twelve points, and then pretty much everybody in the starting lineup, with the exception of Bryn, put up at least ten or more points. So everybody did really, really great. Um there's one guy I do really want to quickly talk about is Drew Eubanks. So he put since Powell's left, Drew's been getting a few minutes. This game, he got nine minutes and recorded five rebounds. For That's pretty impressive. Give five boards in nine minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's another guy that just has... It just looks like he has a nonstop motor. Like, this dude is constantly moving. And his game, while it's still a little bit raw, it's fitting in pretty, pretty well with, with how the Spurs are playing right now. And he's a, definite, he's a great second big to come off of because he's super athletic. I mean, he's he's not this big lunky, um, this big lunky big that can't move around or can't you know switch off. Um, switch off <coughs> <computer. Pound assault. laughs> I was like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> I almost fell for that one, <laughs> but uh, but no, he's so he's he's athletic and he can move, and that's the that's in in today's modern NBA, you need that type of big. Yeah, I from the few things I've seen from Drew Eubanks, I I like him. It's he, like you said, he's still raw. He, he still. He still needs his own development, but the dude is has clearly proved something to pop, and he, I see this guy as being kind of a situational rebounder for this team, right? Because this team needs rebounding, and luckily we they have it now. Especially Jakob fights for boards; he's always he's always fighting in the air. And then if you have Drew Eubanks, who can come off the bench fighting for rebounds himself, you have a decent re- rebounding unit that you need. Especially since some of these bigger teams, the Warriors are. As much as they can be play small ball, they still got tall guys. Derek, uh, Kevin Durant is like six is six eleven him alone and playing the small yeah. forward position. You, you still need to fight for rebounds in this league, even though it's small ball. Right. Yeah. No. So yeah, they they definitely. I don't think they have the death lineup like they used to, you know, in years past. But um, they definitely gotten bigger in the in the four and five positions. So yeah, you're gonna need people to to go down there and. and and move some bodies, and I think Pirtle and Eubanks are some of the most athletic um, bigs that there are. I mean, Pirtle is an excellent pick and roll guy, and then Eubanks can can out rebound and and move with the best of them. So I think um, going forward, it's going to be really really nice to have those two in the back court or in the front court. Sorry, for sure. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to the second game out of two games we're covering. Which was a one twenty one to one fourteen win over the Bucks at home. This was a I would some people I want to say it's a statement win because this is the this is a team that's the best in the league right now and you just beat them. And if this is and the Spurs are a team that people are very are counting out that some people are saying that they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're winning some decent games. Yeah. I mean, obviously at home, the Spurs are a different team and the league is starting to take notice, but the league opened up at, or the game opened up at Spurs being a one point favorite. So even then, that's not a huge margin for, for victory. So going in, obviously the Spurs definitely were going to face an uphill, we're going to face a big challenge. And Giannis didn't, obviously did not make that easy. Um, easy on the Spurs lineup at all. This dude was insane. Uh, he dropped in 27 points on 10 on 10 of 18 field goals. So he was just extremely efficient, and nobody could stop him. 
you know, you saw him running downhill and he was just bashing people down there and, and moving and pushing the bigger guys like LA and, and Pirtle because of how freak of an athlete he is. But um, the Spurs, this was, like you said, it was a statement win. This was probably the most, this is probably the best win of the season because of how they started off the game and how they finished the game. They started off not so good where they were missing some shots. And of course, Giannis was doing his, his thing and, and getting to the paint. And, and they got into a pretty big hole to begin with. Um, but uh, like in years past, the Spurs just grinded it out, grinded it out and played their game. And they eventually, you know, took the lead. And then obviously in the fourth, they, they just, they started playing, playing lights out Spurs ball and they beat them by almost 10 points. So um, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful win. Yeah. And it, this team is not known for its defense, but I think the defense kept them in this game for sure. The lead never got past. For the Bucks, whenever they were leading, they their lead never got above 15, which I think is pretty amazing because th- we've seen the Spurs team get down by more points before and then come back. But like he's, I felt like it's a game of two halves where the first half they were just poor. Well, then the second half they showed up and they were, I believe they <laughs> lead it for a majority of the second half. Because they came out of the hole, come straight out of the break, and they led the whole rest of the game the whole way. And also, the Spurs, the Spurs can be the teams that are the best teams are usually known for turning over the most. Golden State, I think they turned over twenty one times against the against the Celtics one game that cost them. But in this game, they forced turnovers in the Bucks, where the Bucks turned over the ball turned over the ball about ten times. Spurs only turned over the ball four times that whole game. Yeah, it was insane. The the turnover ratio between the two teams, I think this is probably one of the, the best, cleanest games the Spurs have had, at least in this season, because, you know, and especially on the rodeo road trip, we did not see this team handle the ball very well. The Spurs were horrible with, with controlling the ball, and their turnovers were insane, the double digits. For them to come out and have a four- turnover game against this extremely long lengthy team the best you know, defense like Giannis, the, the best defense like you say yeah i mean that's fantastic and they did limit the bucks even though Giannis had 27 points Giannis is also is known to get more than 27 points most games <laughs> so i say that's a win but also malcolm brogdon who was he's a former rookie of the year i know who who <laughs> everyone forgets about brogdon's rookie of the year man but he was limited to five points on two ten shooting, and Pau Gasol was only limited to three points with a negative twenty plus minus. Pau Gasol MVP. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a hot take later though that I think is more of a joke, but it's funny as hell that we're going to talk about. But uh, and then Lamar and Demar, Lamar and Demar. I get. I thought I was like, what am I Lamar- saying? De- Demarcus. Lamarcus. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, Lamar and Demar combined for 57 points this game. Demar with 28 points, four rebounds, six assists, and two steals. And uh, Lamarcus with 28 points, 15 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. Although they were both negative on the plus minus, but as Sean Elliott said, plus minuses mean nothing. Yeah, Sean Elliott, of course, obviously has that take. I think because he's a professional player, and sometimes you see things differently as far as stats go. Um, but I think the plus minus can can be beneficial but in this case you know it's obviously not because they do have that negative plus minus but i think 
the thing that that stat doesn't take into consideration is is like the intangibles like in the fourth quarter especially in the in the third and the fourth quarter DeRozan just took over the game I mean he had some incredible assists like the one where he kicked out he drove into the paint was gonna go up for a layup and faked it and then dished it out to LA for that three and that was a huge momentum shift I think or that was at least like the dagger um as far as momentum goes because after that the Spurs just kept kept pouring it on and that LA bucket was you know kind of that momentum shift for them so yeah I agree I agree slightly you know the plus minus can show you stuff but it's also doesn't show you everything yeah and then I know some people out there in Twitter are definitely like that where they'll say you know stats aren't everything stats are needed to be taken into consideration in context so so yeah I while you can kind of gauge something by by those by stats it's the plus minus is one of those iffy ones yeah and it's and players like Derek White well their their stat line might not be the best at some games but they it's shown especially with defensive players their stat line might not be that great but they're still having a presence on defense I think Danny Green was known for that where his stat line might not have been the best but he still had a lockdown defense and was preventing buckets if there was a stat for contested shots or shots disrupted that needs to be a stat I bet it's in advanced stats or somewhere but uh Another thing that I think this is the recurring trend that I love is whenever the bench is on fire, this team always wins. It's I think it's clear from now. Whenever Patty and Marco and, and Brent's not Brent, did Brent start that game? Yes, Brent. I, I always I always see Brent as Brent as a, like a bench unit type guy. But whenever Patty it should be <laughs> whenever Patty, Marco, and Davis and Jakob are if those three the first three are on fire from three point range, you're fine. Patty and Margo had 16 points each with 50% plus shooting. 50% three-point shooting. And Patty had a plus plus 23. But when I also, isn't it just... I saw... we. I think you saw the same meme that I saw, but with Marco essentially like to the side... Leaning sideways and still going to make the shot. <laughs> yeah, he has... He does... He's like the leaning tower of Pisa. Like, he, whenever he gets that side... That side shot going, he's, he's bucket absolutely bucket dude i i'm always watching him if he's leaning in his shot i know it's going in it's just guaranteed at this point <laughs> yeah i yeah and that's why that's how you know that it's buckets if you can see him going in so but the spurs get two good wins and one big statement win this past week and now they got four different games coming up on uh, the next game is march 12th at the dallas mavericks hope we get tickets to this one hoping need it uh, you Mavericks. Know, if anybody in the, the Mavs Nation can hook up our boy with some tickets, DM I, us. DM us. <laughs> Shoot us a DM, Mavs fans. But uh, they play the Mavs. Mavs are not as hot as they have been. I think Luke is pro- most likely going to be out with a knee strain, so that should be a decent win. Uh, March 15th versus the Knicks at home. Last time we played the Knicks, we lost, but that was in Madison Square. This time it's at home, so I would expect a win from this team. At this point, the Spurs just need to almost, almost win out. That's they cannot, they cannot afford to drop any more games, especially because of how um, the sixth through eighth seed keep fluctuating. So yeah, they definitely cannot, they definitely cannot screw around with with the schedule. And and these at home games, they need to win. And if they have a team, if they have a lower seeded team or the team that's not even in in the playoff picture like the Dallas Mavs away, they need to make sure they focus on that game and they play that game. 
because the problem with the Spurs team is they play down to the competition. So if they're going to play down to the Dallas Mavericks and lose, that's just it's not good. They need to focus and win that game. Exactly. They need to do that. It's for the Mavs and the Knicks. Next next game is on March 16th, and the second game in a back-to-back. It's versus the Blazers at home. We'll be going into depth in that in the next segment. Now let's tell you guys about that real quick. And then the March, the last game that we will be recapping next week is March 18th versus the Warriors at home. And last time that happened, I believe the Spurs did win at home. Yeah, I think they did win at home also. Um, but I, I can foresee, I, th- I can I, foresee the Spurs losing like either the Blazers or the Warriors just because of that back to back. So I don't know if Pop is going to want to rest. I, I would probably suggest that Pop is probably going to rest some of the players on versus the Knicks team. And then go all out for the Blazers, yeah. As opposed to him, like going all out for the Knicks because it's, you know it's interconference. So I see it. Th- the, the the Blazers one might be a, well, might be a schedule loss, sure. I see a I see a three one record in the three one uh, record in this next four games. Possibly that's that's it, it can definitely happen. You know what? After the, the shit that I <laughs> that I um, predicted last time, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like you're man. I'm the more optimist. <laughs> so, but I'm definitely thinking that if they go 50, 50, I'll be, I'll be happy. Or, or sorry. If they go three, one, I'm definitely gonna be happy. If they go 50, 50, I'm going to be a little bit upset. If they go anything less than that. I mean, it was definitely just a shitty week. It depends on what 50, 50 they make. If it's, if it's a win over the Blazers and the Warriors, I'll take two losses to the Knicks and the Mavs. If for that, I don't mind that. If it's over the Blazers and the Warriors, if they still get no. It's still a win-win to be honest. If they well, at this point, no. At this point, like I would rather if they go three-one and they lose to the Knicks, I'm I'm gonna be okay oh, because, yeah. like I said, it's all interconference. So yeah, I rather have that too. Yeah, like you you have to win these interconference games, especially because the Mavs can play spoiler to any team. So I would rather just if if we can at least win those two games for sure. Luckily, the, the Mavs and the Knicks. Three out of the four of these games are at home, and the Spurs have the second best home record in the league. So I'm not worried at all when it comes to home games. So, right. but when we come up, when we come back, we are going to go in depth with Noah Patterson of the 503 for the fans Blazer podcast. So we're going to go in depth on the Blazers because I like this team. This team is flying under the radar. So we'll see more about the Blazers coming back here at the line. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at At The Line. Fun. It's absolutely free to use. And guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. 
So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. And welcome back to At The Line. We have Noah Patterson, who is part of the 503 For The Fans podcast, which covers the Trailblazers. How are you doing tonight, Noah? Good, good. How are you guys? Going, it's going. So first things first, I'm just going to say this. How does it feel to be a fan of the team with probably the best Twitter account in the league? <laughs> I think our Twitter game is really good. Uh, I I would say I am a little bit salty because they still haven't followed me back. The Trailblazers count. How dare they? Trailblazers, come on, get on that shit. <laughs> I know. I've tried to get them, but I'll get there one day. So it's 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 really great. They they're really funny, and uh, they they bring a lot of great tweets to my timeline. The best podcast game coming out of Oregon, supporting the Portland Trailblazers, and you don't follow this man. Come on now. Thank you. I appreciate that. My my fa- the reason I say that because my favorite moment from that Twitter was whenever I don't remember who the Blazers traded, but they got cash considerations that they held a whole press conference for it on their on their Twitter <laughs> account. Oh, yeah, oh, I need to remember that. Yeah, I remember that, but that was funny. <laughs> that that was one of my favorite. So the Blazers they've been flying under the radar. What it seems they are they're fighting for that third seed in the West with the Rockets and the Thunder. And it just kind of seems they've been flying under the radar. What has been kind of the reason? Why do you think they've been flying under the radar this season? Um, I think all I think obviously uh, a small market team that 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 makes the most sense. Um, I mean, they they fly down the radar because they go through patches where they look like a really good team and they look like a team that could contend for a Western Conference Finals. I mean, that's hard that's hard to say, but they look like a team that can. And then they go through patches where they have two games where they just slide off and let. Some like team like Charlotte or just team like Washington or we we lost two games to Miami this year. I mean things like that. Like that shows like I think that's why we're under the radar and people don't take us seriously. And I would say obviously because of the playoffs last year. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to ask. So we saw we kind of saw this from last year's Blazers where they were doing really well in the regular season and then they got knocked out. Did they get swept by the Pelicans or did they win a game? Yeah, yeah, it was it was swept. I mean. <laughs> I actually came into that series thinking it was a good matchup, but then I looked at it and I I saw two first-team All-NBA defenders with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, so <laughs> yikes. But hopefully this season is not, it's going to be completely different. Yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully. And same for the Spurs. Thank, thank you. This <laughs> See, I like this man already. Uh, but so, yeah, this team has been pretty pretty damn good, though, in the, topper, the upper half of the Western Conference. Um, who's been the MVP for this for this team so far this year? I mean, you, you got to say it's Dame time. I mean, he he is he's played so it's kind of a weird year for Dame. I mean, he hasn't had to do what he's had to do in the past as as go go for 50, 40 as much as he has in the past. I mean, this year he's had a lot of 20-point games, but we've been winning. So, I mean, it, it speaks to how how much depth the Blazers have acquired this this season. I mean, Ennis Cantor, uh Ronnie Hood are good at good additions to this team and i i think dame really knows that so i think obviously you got to give it to dame you hear that nba spurs twitter rodney hood and these cancer are good additions to a playoff contending basketball <laughs> team <laughs> that is so weird I, I mean rodney 
I, I wasn't convinced until Ron – I mean, I know it's Charlotte, but he did come out with like 21 and one quarter in the fourth quarter against Charlotte. So I, I was I was blown back a little bit. Well, even when – I mean, it was right after the – it was right after the trade deadline. Blazers just acquired Ronnie Hood, and then the Spurs went up there and played against Portland. And Ronnie Hood, even though he didn't have – I think he only scored like 12 points that game. But those I was actually points, at that game. Ooh, damn. So you saw him light up the Spurs from the three-point arc. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. He went off for a fourteen, I think. Yeah, I was just and, and even I mean fourteen is eh. I mean it's okay, you know, coming off the bench, but or it's great coming off the bench, but it was just like the fact that the momentum and the they they the Blazers never stopped scoring. That was the that was the biggest issue. And it was like my thing was like, look, we could have this guy. You you gave up Nick Stauskas and somebody else. I can't even remember the Wade other. Baldwin. Game. It was uh, Wade Baldwin. Uh, there you go. <laughs> See, I don't even know these people. <laughs> You know, I like, these two people and then a second rounder for Rodney Hood. I was like, oh my god, tragedy. Stockton's got <laughs> robbed in the trade deadline, going like five different teams though. Well, Wade Baldwin did too. They they went together like throughout. Oh the yeah. <laughs> I think they went to yeah they went to first to Cleveland, then they went to Houston, and then Houston. Who did Houston dish them off to? I think the Bulls. I don't know. We did a, we did a podcast on it. We we tracked their <laughs> we tracked their. Their movements across the nation uh, during the uh, during the trade oh, deadline. No. Oh yeah, and then he trade, and then Nick Sauskas actually ended up signing back with Cleveland, which was hilarious. Yeah, exactly. So they got so for Rodney Hood, <laughs> like he basically just traded Stauskas in a second. I was I was pissed. But so with the with the new additions with Ennis and Rodney Hood, uh, I think so far this season season's been good for you guys. Who's been your surprise player for the, for the Blazers? Man, I mean, a lot of Blazer fans will say this. It, it is Jake Lehman, and Ooh. this boy can jump. <laughs> he is athletic, and he is starting to really find his game. And, uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of Blazer fans over here are pissed off that he's not starting. I mean, there was a big drama between uh, him starting over Mo Harkless because Mo Harkless wasn't playing, playing to his potential, and now Mo Harkless is actually playing well. So, I mean, Jake Lehman has definitely been – I've been blown back because I was actually a hater of Jake Lehman last summer. Well, he's probably new wrong now. Is he? Is he the one that um, that got into Clay's face when they played against the Warriors? Yeah, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. I, no, that was actually Zach Collins. That was Zach, that Collins. Was Zach Collins. Yeah, that was Collins. Collins is. You guys just got a lot of like tall white boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're we got actually got a nickname over here. It's called the Pale Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before you joined on. My co-host Mac here said that Nurkic ain't shit. Is Nurkic shit or is he pretty good? Um. Okay. I I I, I, I can see why a lot of people in this league Nurkic has really come into his own as a hatred player in this league. And oh, you know you don't see you don't see my face, but I'm doing like that that Chris Pratt gif from from Parks and Rec. Like <gasps> he gets all excited because <laughs> I'm kind of right. <laughs> he no he he does get a lot of shit. And you, you saw it with the OKC game, if you're watching that. I mean, that's going to be a bloodbath if we ever play them in the series. Um, he is actually interesting. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a reaching stat, but he is the first center or first person in NBA history to average 15 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists in under 28 minutes per game. Good Lord. So, ha, I was right, Mac. <laughs> He ain't shit. I mean, yeah, he he's really progressed this this year. I mean, he's really consistent, and uh, I mean, he gave Golden State some trouble when we played them. That was before Cousins was back, but I mean, he he gave them some trouble. Didn't I he, can't think. Didn't he I'm out? Sorry. Sorry. 
Did he? Didn't he outplay Simmons too? No, he, yeah, him and Simmons actually got into it, and Simmons uh, said, "You talk a lot of shit for someone who who's like who's bad," and um, and then Nurkic, I, I think Nurkic went off for like twenty eight points, thirteen rebounds, <laughs> and like something in like twenty three minutes, something crazy. I can't think of the last time the Blazers had like a dominant big outside, outside of Lamarcus, but like a dominant. Center. I can't think of the last it, time they ever had. It one. was it was before Lamarcus. It, you would have to give it to Rasheed Wallace. Oh, there you go. That's a that's a long time. And then you'd have to go um, Sabonis if you not, if you guys know that who that is. Yeah, that's um. Dante Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he was arguably the best center in uh, Portland history. Uh, actually, no, I'll give it to Bill Walton because he won us a title. So I'll I'll, I'll, re, I'll rephrase that. So speaking so, of Lamarcus, right? Do you yeah. have any lingering animosity or disdain towards Lamarcus? Uh, I mean, I can't hold that saltiness that long. I mean, <laughs> yes, the only thing I can say is he hasn't won a championship with the Spurs, and I can't. I'm not disperse, wow. but wow, I can't disperse. I can't diss him. I like the Spurs franchise, but he did go somewhere, and I mean, yes, he did do it for a championship, but uh, he, ultimately, he hasn't got one yet. So, man, saltiness towards Lamarcus, but it's been it's been a tough like a tough go for since he's been here like the, oh yeah. yeah the organization has not been the same <laughs> since no. since he's no. been here unfortunately but also part of that isn't his fault though but yeah right, exactly. that's what i'm saying like the organization if you would have come here a little bit before he would have had a ring already but <laughs> because of everything that this person have gone through in the past like four to five years it's just not been good i'm thinking <laughs> i'm thinking back to that to that off season of was it 24 15 off season? I think it was going into 2016. 2016? Yeah, I think. But I remember I think that it was going into 20. Yeah. I remember that off season cuz the Blazers essentially lost mo- majority of their starting lineup. They lost Marcus, they lost West Matthews to the Mavs. But they were still in the We playoffs. lost 4 out of 5. We lost yeah. 4 out of 5 starters. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I still made the playoffs. Yeah, and we went to the second round that year too, which is even crazier. <laughs> well, that Terry was Terry did Terry Stotts get the get the coach of the year award? For that year, uh, no, he he came up second to to Steve Kerr. That is bullshit. <laughs> and he Looking carried back a bunch it, of that's goonies. absolutely bullshit. I mean, Damian Lillard and Terry Styles carried a bunch of goonies to the second round. That's what I'm saying. That's and and then Steve Kerr had you know arguably one of the greatest teams. Uh, yeah, I think that was the 2016 season when they were 73 and. But nine also, or Luke yeah. Walton did did a portion in that season too. Yeah, he did. So, which was even. <laughs> I, I I mean Terry Stotts has got snubbed a couple times, but he's he's got the coach of the month like six times, and that's like twice as many as any coach in the NBA. Uh, I mean Trailblazers history, so I mean he's a hell of a coach for us. Just don't do what the Raptors did, where like he wins coach of the year and then and then they ship him off. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was cold. All right, so <laughs> so the reason that we have you on besides trash talking each other about Blazers and Spurs stuff and getting Spur Blazer history is that the Spurs do play play against the Blazers at in San Antonio on March 16th. What what makes this Blazer team so good? Uh, I think I think it's uh def- like like I said before in the show um it's their depth. I, I think they when you you have Nurkic who's really coming to his own this year and then you have I mean Ennis Cantor is a liability on defense but I mean he's a solid punch on defense and on the boards. He's one of the best rebounders off the bench in the NBA. And I mean, when you have that one-two punch, that that really adds something. And obviously, you have the dynamic uh, backcourt with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. 
And it, it really all relies on um, if the team wants to go far. If it really all relies on Mo Harkless and Aminu. Um If they're making shots, this team's really dangerous. And if they're not, uh, teams are going to trap the Blazers like they did last year in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's I think what makes us special is definitely just our depth right now, and we're really riding it. And that leads that leads me there. And that leads me to my next question: What are some of the weaknesses that the Spurs could take advantage of? I definitely, I mean, what some weaknesses the Spurs showed was definitely one game was uh, DeMar DeRozan took over and he really big bodied CJ in the post. I mean, all game. <laughs> I don't, I think we were playing at San Antonio, yeah, and uh, DeMar DeRozan took off and he just, CJ had no answer. I think it's, I think CJ's defense at the two guard is sometimes a liability. And I think uh, I, I think it's just our backcourt's defense. I mean, Damian's really improved, but it's definitely just the defense with guards like De- DeRozan or Paul George, you know? For sure. And there, we were talking about some similarities between the Spurs and the Blazers, and one of the similarities I saw was that they're, they're not exactly like the Spurs when it comes to their home and road differences, but they're pretty damn similar. They're really great at home. They're 25-9 at home. But they are below 500 on the road, 15 and 17. What has been some of the Blazers' trouble with the road game? Kind of surprisingly, the Blazers have struggled against the West this year. I mean, last year they had a pretty dang good record against the West. I think we swept OKC. We swept OKC last year. They swept us this year. So I think we've really kind of struggled with the West weirdly, and we've beat the East. I think we're like 19 and five against the East. Something crazy. I think we lead the NBA in that category. Yeah, because the Spurs, we for the Spurs, whenever they play at home, they're amazing. They play some really great basketball, and then when they hit the road, it's a whole different team for us. And we're like, where the f- hell did our team go? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I that's totally agreeable with us. I mean, it hasn't been in spurts where I feel like the Blazers have lost a bunch of road games here and here, but it's been like like sparingly out throughout the season. So it's kind of hard to pick pick and tell. But no, I, that's kind of weird that that happened with you guys last season, right? With the whole fantastic at home and couldn't win at on the road well that's kind of happening to, to this year just not i wouldn't say like well no that is happening to us this year this season it's just road. it's a way more, it's just much worse yeah this year is just first can't win on the road very i think they have like a 500 record or no. almost barely above the 500 no no it's it's like i want to say it's like 9 and 22 it's no the spurs what? road record is horrible it is okay, 12 well, and 22 yeah. on the road yeah. Regardless, it's it's bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this year is just bad. But it's because there's a lot of communication issues and defensive issues. I mean, this team is not... There's 8 out of 15 new players on this team. It's it kind of like what the what happened to, to the Blazers when LA left. The same thing is kind of happening to the Spurs, where it's just a complete overhaul of personnel. And losing especially veteran players like Danny and Kyle... Kyle Anderson and and Manu Ginobili specifically, you know, people that that knew that culture and and could carry that over is just there's not that anymore. And um, yeah, it's definitely hurt them. And that's why they have these road woes. So we've seen the I've seen the Blazers win some really big games. They've won games against the Warriors, the 76ers. They've they've won some really good games. <laughs> but what matchup as a Blazers fan are you hoping for? Okay, if we're talking playoffs, yes. oh gosh. Um, Okay, Houston's really come to our own. I didn't know if Houston was the same Houston team, so I, I'm not. I would preferably play Houston right now, 
And that, but it's depending on Paul George because if Paul George has played like he has the past, like the three games, these past three games, sure, I'll take LKC in the first round or second round. But teams I don't really, we don't ever play well against is Utah. And that's due to Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert. I mean, we do not do well against lanky uh, centers who can rim protect. I mean, Dame has a horrible time with it. I mean, Anthony Davis really exploited that last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So avoid Utah, go for someone, say, like Houston or something like that? I would say, I mean, Houston's not my first choice, but I would go there. I mean, obviously, Matt preferred matchups. I mean, I think the Blazers and Spurs would be a hell of a first round. Oh, that would be awesome. You guys got, yeah, if you guys got to, like, the 60 or something, I mean, the, the Jazz are sliding right now. So you guys are, I think, what, half a game, a game back of them? We're, we're tied with them right now. Yeah, it's tied between so. six, seven and eight. Yeah, so if you guys get the six seed and somehow Blazers get the three seed, I mean, that would be a hell of a matchup. And I think, yeah, I think either Spurs, Clippers, or, I mean, if I say Houston. All right. Do you have any questions for us about the Spurs? Because we're always curious about about how other teams perceive our team. I will have one question. It's not about your team. It's about a player. How do you guys feel or how do you guys, like, what's your feelings towards Tony Parker being in a Hornets jersey? Mac, you go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, while it still looks weird, I don't, uh, I don't view it or I don't find it as bad as, let's say, the Kawhi issue. Um, just because he went out on his own terms, you know, he didn't, he didn't do the franchise dirty. There was no hate. There's no animosity. He went because he wanted more playing time. And obviously, with, with the guard situation that the Spurs are facing right now, and, and the bottleneck of the guard situation, he wasn't going to be getting getting the same playing time that he wanted. And so I honestly have, have no problem with it when obviously he's probably going to come back and retire and he should, and his, his Jersey is going to be hung up in the rafters and he's going to go down as probably the best um, Spurs point guard that they've ever had until Derek White takes that mantle DeJounte or, Murray. You know, or DeJounte Murray. But yeah, to me, it's not a big, it's not a big deal. Um, it's the same thing with Danny green. Like I hate to see him in another Jersey because I feel He's that type of player that should all should always be a Spurs, should retire a Spurs, and he probably is. But, you know, I'm not going to hold anything against him because it wasn't his fault. With Tony, yeah, he decided to go somewhere else. But again, he he did it on his own will. It's not like he forced it um, and the Spurs didn't push him out type of thing. So there's I, I don't mind it at all. I'm very similar. Still find it weird. I'm very similar. I don't see it see it as weird because I always traded Tony away in 2K for a younger point guard anyway. Damn. <laughs> That's so I, I always saw Tony in a different jersey and it, so it like I got used to it. But uh yeah, I don't have any I don't have any uh disrespect towards Tony. I he again, he went out very he went out on good terms. He never it right. wasn't Kawhi where he let he left it as a as a real Just shitty situation. Yeah. But he left. He let. He played here for about fifteen seasons. Won four championships with us. So I was like, "You did. You did us well, Tony. And good luck wherever you, wherever, wherever else you want to go." And he's kind of mentoring <laughs> uh, Kimba, which I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this: um, Do you think he looks at the when Dejounte Murray goes down? He says shit, and he regrets his uh, regrets his uh, decision. Oh yes, or, totally. Uh, I do. I totally know that. Yeah, no, I think everybody did at that point, like Spurs fans and, and the organization and everybody in general was like, son of a bitch. Like, what? 
Like just the, that just happened in practice. No, no, uh, it happened pre-season. in a preseason game. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get to see a full game of Dejounte, which sucks. Yeah, it was it was horrible. But he made his first yeah. dunk, I believe, last week. So we're we're excited. <laughs> That's awesome here. All right, I know you have any of your last uh, last remarks you want to say about the Blazers. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, go Rip City and follow me on my Twitter at Five with Three Blazer Fans. Um, and I think this game, when's the game? It's on. It's on March. It's on. I believe it's Saturday. Okay, yeah, yeah Saturday. I mean, it's gonna be a home game. I mean, you guys have been playing really well at home. You guys just beat the Bucks at home, so which is an impressive win. And uh, I think it's a important little three game road trip for the Blazers. We play uh, in uh, L.A. tomorrow against the Clippers, and then we. I think we play you guys, and then we play someone else. But it's yeah, it's an important three game road trip. So, check me out, and uh, thank you for having my show, guys. No problem. Thank you for coming on, Noah. This is awesome. We will hope to have you back on soon, maybe for a playoff preview. Yeah, I mean that would be awesome. (laughs) And uh, yeah, again, again, that's uh, Noah Patterson. Uh, Where can they follow you again? Uh, Oh, on Twitter at five or three Blazer fans, and make sure to check out my iTunes for uh, podcasts and my uh, show on there. And I will, we, we will link their his podcast in the description below. Again, thank you, Noah. And we'll be right back here at the line. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community. And at RU Pod Community on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. All right, and welcome back to At the Line. Coming up, we have Twitter questions and those hot take reviews. But before that, we're going to talk about the Wild Wild West real quick. So, currently, there's a three-way tie for the 6th, 7th, and 8th seed between the good old Jazz, the good old Spurs, and the Clippers. So, that's a bloodbath going on right now. Uh, the bigger bloodbath is for the 3rd seed, which Houston has pulled away for as we record this. Houston is the 3rd seed, and they're fighting against the Thunder and the Blazers for it. Luckily, I think this, I think this is good for the Spurs, because the Spurs, they can easily fight for a home court advantage if they start pulling away from... From the six, from the Clippers and the Jazz, if they start pulling away, they can easily start fighting for that home court advantage. Yeah, right now the um, currently the Jazz and the Clippers have games today, so we'll we'll see by the end of tonight, by the end of the slate of games tonight, for sure we'll know where the Spurs sit. Um, and currently, as we speak, fourth quarter and the Jazz are down eighty to seventy two. And this so, is where okay, our podcast gets dated. <laughs> Don't so, worry. Yeah, this- so. If you're listening to this and some few days after we let this out, just know that we are dated this one part of the podcast. <laughs> the rest is all fine. Okay, so you do us a favor and beat the Jazz, please. Please do. We don't ask for much. Just beat the Jazz. 
And I think the one thing I do got to mention, I think the Spurs will be in the playoffs because the Kings are four games out from the eighth seed. And unless someone goes, unless some team makes a complete huge collapse, I don't see the Kings making the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think the six, seven, and eight seeds already locked up between these three teams. Um, so after after that, I mean, you don't have any more playoffs, um, playoff contending teams. So I think it's just a matter of seeding at this point. Wherever these teams fall, it, it you know that's that's the bigger issue right now. Now, if the Spurs do make the seventh seed, because and they go against Denver, I'm not gonna be mad. Well, I think you know. I think Noah mentioned it also. You know, if the Spurs do go against against the Blazers, or they go against the Nugget, Nuggets, I mean, I think those are two good. Those are two, those are two really, really good playoff um, schedules for sure. For sure. All right, now let's move on to Twitter questions and hot take reviews. I have that dramatic music. What can I do? All right, so we take your Twitter questions every time we re- we record. I always put out a tweet saying. If we're recording this day, please send your, us your questions. And now we're accepting hot takes because we want to review your hot takes because we're <laughs> assholes like that. <laughs> All right. So the first question comes from Baldify NBA. I can't, I cannot ask this anymore. Why is there a bat at the Spurs home games every second week? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Manu comeback. <laughs> That's exactly why there's a bat because we're trying to force Manu out of. <laughs> Out of his retirement. His retirement. <laughs> but he's always there at the games whenever there's not a bat. So I'm guessing the bats are scared of him. Of course they are. He's smacking one of their ancestors <laughs> into oblivion. <laughs> but it was amazing. We we don't know. Spur, uh, San Antonio no, is, actually, is actually country. Re- like, I, I do know. The reason why there, there's bats um, in at the stadium, or at the AT&T Center, is because San Antonio sits on on a cavern or like multiple who knows how many caverns are underneath San Antonio, but they're all interconnected. And the central Texas San Antonio area has one of the largest bat, if not the largest bat population, I think in the Northern hemisphere or or like the Western hemisphere, something like that. Yeah. But we have a shit ton of bats. (laughs) So because all of these caverns are all connected, um, obviously these, obviously these, these bats, find a way to, to get from where they're supposed to be or where they are into the stadium. And so just somehow, some way there's colony of bats that have made their way into the stadium and just have stayed there. And so, and um, I know, yeah. I know Austin's an hour away and Austinites hate San Antonioites, San Antonians and the other way around. But if you go to the Congress bridge in Austin, like every evening they always have a wave of bats coming out there too. Yes. Yeah. And that's, again, they're all part of the same, same system. Yeah. You know, the same system, all the same cavernous system. So it's it's great. I mean, it's it's a it's a wonderful sight to see, and I love I love the fact that they're so incorporated. But yeah, it's just it's like I think people are gonna start making like conspiracy theories about it. Like, oh shit, San Antonio is releasing these bats to scare everybody. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the LeBron James turning off the air condition type thing. I don't know. All right, our first hot take review. How do you say this guy's name? I feel so bad. I don't know how to say it. Are you Gri Jervis? Jarvis, well, Jarvis? he wanted he wanted one of our giveaways, so he's awesome. But, oh yeah, Javi. Well, his name is his name, actual name is Javi. Javier. Javier. See, yeah. see, I don't know. Javi uh, Javier gives us his hot take. Dejounte and Derek White will both make All Defensive Team next year, and both will be a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. I agree with that. I don't agree oh, with the shit. I don't agree with the second part, but I can't agree with the first part. 
Okay, yeah, that's what I was saying in the second part. I was like, damn. Uh, I, both of I, these I, finalists are just DPOY. That's, one, that's of them has to be, one of them has to be a finalist, though. I believe no, one I, of them is. I definitely, you know what? I, I mean, I don't think that's a very hot take. I think that's a very good take. <laughs> that's not so hot. That's a very good take it's, because absolutely, they should both be defensive player of the years, or, or sorry, um, all defensive team. As far as both of them being DPOYs, that's that's kind of the hot take right there. That's going to be a great to, great thing to see. I know NBA teams are not going to want to see that, but for Spurs fans, it's going to be pretty oh, badass. Oh, we'll love it. Yeah. All right, the next question comes from our friend Matt from 76ers Foe. Will the Spurs lose again this year now that they've reversed the Powell curse by beating the Bucks last night? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bucks. Thank you so much to all the Bucks for doing what they did and convincing Powell <laughs> to take that the buyout. However, Powell took number 17, which is my favorite number. I'm like, come on, Powell. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Um, but yes, the Spurs will never lose again. Again, this year, they will win a championship. You know what? If I yeah, if I believe in that, they'll, they'll never lose. <laughs> but no, to be honest, I think the Spurs, while I want them to win out, I don't think they are. I think they're definitely going to have to. They'll probably lose about five or six games for sure. It's going to be December Spurs again where Powell wasn't in the rotation at all. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, hopefully. All right. The next question comes from the clubhouse or at the clubhouse 15. Who do you consider more to be the future of the Spurs? DeJounte or Derek? I know that was a tough one. <laughs> See, that's, that's a hard question. Cause but I, my, my take has always been this. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like this is, this is not a problem that we sh- that Spurs fans should be like concerned about. It's it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like the the CJ Dame thing where you have these two awesome guards and organically they've grown to understand whose team it is. Um so I hope it it becomes the same way where organically they understand like hey this is my team or or you know I'm the leader of this team because the last thing I would do is hate to lose either one of them and yeah. um, and it end that way. But if I were to have to choose one at this point right now, I think I think Derek is the better all around player. That's exactly what I was gonna say. But and and that's obviously I mean that's that's not a hot take or anything. Derek is obviously the better all around player. But Dejounte. I think Dejounte has has that that swag and and the heart that you know the fight in him oh, it, that you want to see in the player and that you want to see on the team and so he can bring that and kind of um, infect everybody with that same that same mentality. But I think Derek is just because how much of a playmaker he is and his his IQ his basketball IQ. I think he's probably going to be like on on the court. He's a, probably going to be a better general on the court. For sure. I would take DeJounte just because of the fire he has and showing that he is dedicated to developing, that he's de- he's dedicated to the game. I'm not saying Derek isn't, but like DeJounte's just much more uh, revealing about it, too. Right. But You know what? If I, if I can think of anything, and this is this might be a hot take, but I think of it as the same thing as like Tony Parker and, and Manu. Oh, yeah. Like, Tony, per- Tony Parker was obviously kind of the face. He was young. He was kind of wild and more of the floor general too. That what? More of a floor general as well. Well, well, and and this is this is where this is where I I differ. But so Tony Parker, like I said, he had that flair to him. He had that charisma. He was, I mean, 
he was a fighter. I mean, and so was and so was Manu. But I think because of like the personality matches, I think Dejounte matches up with Tony, um, in the sense like they both like can bring that swagger to the team. But IQ wise, I and and playmaking wise, I mean, I I feel like Derek matches up with Manu. So you can they can coexist and they should coexist if everything again organically happens. So all right, next one is a hot take. From Mr. Troll himself, James Lafier of Everything Cavs. <laughs> all right. My Spurs... All right, hold on. I got to do this one. I got to do this voice for it. My Spurs hot take. Manu was... No. My Spurs hot take. Kyle was the only saving grace. You guys won't win with those losers on your roster now. Kyle is a bona fide <laughs> champion. You know it, and I know it. <laughs> Well, that take has already been shot down because <laughs> the Spurs are like five and zero with since Powell's been traded <laughs> or something like that. I, I don't know what. The, I don't know. We're on a five. The Spurs are on a five game winning streak, and I, that's right, all, I'm exactly. with it. But I guess, I guess you can say Powell is kind of like an MVP, but like an anti MVP. If there was such anti MVP, Jesus. <laughs> He's playing off a Twitter account that we found one day that responded to us saying that. Demar and Lamarcus are losers, and that the only winners are um, Patty and Powell. Oh my God! See, that's a that's definitely a hot take. <laughs> this this is like a, this is like last month though. So oh well, even still, that's 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 horrible. All right, this next question. This one's a this one's a tough question. It's from the Most Valuable Player Podcast. Uh, who was more important, uh, the the Big Three or Popovich? Oh, this is easy. It's Duncan. Even Popovich says it. So, so you're going to take the big three over Popovich? Oh, oh, are they coming together? Like, a... yes. So it's Duncan, Parker, oh, and shit. Ginobili. Oh, um, well, because the big three has Duncan. Yeah, I take Duncan, or I take the big three. Um, you know, Pop says it all the time, and he 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 leads to it. He's like, I don't do anything. You know, the guys on on the court do. Um, so so yeah. It, it, while Popovich, don't get me wrong, there. I'm not trying to take away anything from Popovich, but. I'm using Popovich's own words to justify, you know, my opinion. Um, but Pop says it all the time. He's like, you know, Duncan is the one that changed the culture. Duncan is the one that that changed the organization. And if it wasn't for Duncan, Popovich would not have had a job for as long as he did. He even says it himself. He was on the brink of getting fired um, because of because of of the season that they had because of his his record, but. Duncan came in and changed everything and changed the entire fabric of the entire of the organization. So absolutely, it's Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. Well, Duncan and then Parker and Ginobili with him um, over Popovich for sure. And I think Popovich would definitely agree with me. I think Popovich also, hearing the things that Papa said about all three of those guys where Tony Parker made him change his coaching style, Manu same, where he didn't, because he used to be kind of a hard ass with them, but with Tony and Manu, he learned to step back a little bit and have their own game, and they made themselves a great franchise as a result. Right. Yeah. And and like I said, Pop in Popovich's own words, he as a coach, you just stand there and enjoy, while the players are out there, the ones doing the work. So yeah. And and again, this is not taking nothing away from Popovich because he is literally probably the greatest coach of all time. Uh, and I know Lakers fans are probably going to hate me for saying that, or Bulls fans are probably going to hate me for saying that. Mark Jackson! He's the best! <laughs> the best GM, too! Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson! Um, whatever! 
Same thing, Jackson. Anything, Jackson. But yeah, no. Um, that's, Popovich. That's, the, that's a representation of bandwagon fans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Popovich is is probably the best coach uh, in ever, and and it might be the best coach in in any in all of sports. You know, the only other coach that I can think of are like Bill Belichick and um, Sir Alex Ferguson from Manchester United. There there hasn't been coaches that are as transcendent as Popovich and those other guys. But don't so, don't don't fucking compare. Damn it. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Record scratch. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> don't effing compare Bill Belichick to and and uh, Pop. Don't do it. <laughs> Those are two different damn coaching styles. <laughs> Alright, that's the second F bomb dropped on this on this program. Actually this this is the third. I dropped one on like a early podcast. <laughs> so go us. It's gonna be a great ed- editing night for me. But but don't you damn dare compare Belichick to Popovich in any All damn right. way. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Joshua Jordan of jo- at Jordan Ballify. He asked if the Spurs Nuggets in the first if it's Spurs Nuggets in the first round, who do you got from your non biased perspective? He says I got the Spurs easily. I have to uh, agree I mean, with him on that one. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> however, the Spurs this would be going. The Nuggets are. I say I think besides the Spurs, they're the best home team in the league. So it could be it could easily come down to where to a game seven where the Nuggets will have the home court advantage. But I would rather take Popovich in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Um and non non biased non biased aside, yeah, I think I wouldn't say the Spurs easily, but I think it's definitely gonna be gonna be a battle between between the two and I think it'd be a great, great matchup. Um but we saw it in, in the first half of that's the last Spurs game, um, where the Spurs just looked like an insanely better team than the Nuggets. And so if the Spurs and Nuggets are matched up, I, I have a really great feeling about about the, the Spurs stealing a game or two in, in Denver, um and closing it out in five or five or six for sure. For sure. All right, now the hot take that we've all been waiting for, or at least Alfonso Del, Qu- Del Quan has been waiting for since we we were trash talking a little bit on Twitter. <laughs> so he so he says someone is going to have to be moved. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Lonnie. And then you quoted that tweet saying, "Does this qualify for for a stupid tweet?" <laughs> stupid tweet slash a hot take. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. They're not going to move Lonnie. They they're not and and I, I, Fonz makes a great a great counterpoint um, or a great point further down the thread. Um, he was having a conversation with I think it was Danny or, or or Trav, but further down the thread he makes a great point. He's like if if it was if Blake Griffin was was on the trade table, and the Spurs offered Lamarcus Lonnie and and a first rounder, would you do it? In that case, yes. Yeah. For for a caliber, you know, for a talent like. For a talent like, Blake like Griffin. him, you know, Plus like Blake, Blake Griffin's Griffin. younger, younger too, right, right, exactly. And he, 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 Blake Griffin can do so much on the floor. Um, but for a talent like him, absolutely, you kind of do anything you can. The same thing goes with any other perennial, like perennial all star, you know, all NBA type of guy. You do whatever you can to get them in in in, in the team. Um, but just for a random first rounder or to move up in the draft or whatever, hell no. The, the Spurs, Lonnie is the 
the highest pick that they, the Spurs have had in a very long time. And Popovich loves this kid for some reason, or, and I know why, but Popovich loves the kid. The organization loves this kid. Um, you know, we, this, we always talk about how Spurs are way too loyal. This is exactly that situation where they're not going to trade him because they're way too loyal. Um, and this kid is, has excellent potential. He has, he, he has a lot to grow, grow up and, you know, it's going to happen. He still has, you know, this, this year, and then he has the whole summer and it's going to happen where, where he develops. He's in the best organization to do that. Especially the Spurs. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, with development, because I'm assuming that the Spurs uh, development team is using this season to see where, where Lonnie thrives in and where he needs some work in. So come the summer, they know what they need to be working on with Lonnie and make Lonnie even better. We see, right. We've seen in the past two, three seasons with DeJounte and Derek. And if the pa- patterns usually tend to continue, and so you would, you'd like to assume that that uh, Lonnie is just going to get better from here on. Right, exactly. And he comes in with, with with great assets and tools already, and he has the right mentality. So for him to be in the best organization for development, as well as his drive and attitude, um, you know, towards the game and, and developing himself, he he's going to go by leaps and bounds. I mean, he has he has excellent coaches, and then he has excellent mentors, and like Tim Duncan and Mauro Ginobili, and whoever else comes in, like Boris sometimes is there, um, and the other guys. Like, he's in the perfect perfect situation right now to develop this all amazing talent. So, no, they're not going to trade Lonnie, um, unless, again, if it's for, like, some high-caliber all-star, then, yeah, of course, you obviously do it. But, no, just because they want to move up in the draft or whatever, they're not going to trade Lonnie. If, and, and then he mentioned, he's like, well, there's going to be a bottleneck at the guard position. <laughs> I can I can see that argument, but at the same time, Marco Bellinelli is not going to play as much as he's playing this year. Um, you know, and he's only getting older. He's not going to be around forever. Yeah, they do have his contract, or they do have him on contract for a couple of years, but he's already thirty-two and he's slowing down. Um, you know, and Bryn Forbes, Bryn is Bryn can play that point guard position, so you can move him to the one or two. Um, Lonnie can play one through the three, you know, and then DeMar can play three, the, you know, the two or the three, like it's just having, having great players is not an issue. There's, there's not an issue with that. Too. It, they, especially, like we, on, especially on contracts that they are on, like they're all on good contracts. So it's take advantage of it. Spurs are going to win championship in the next two years. I just know it. Can, they can. And, 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 you know, for trade assets, if people wanted to trade for somebody, Bryn Forbes is tradable is you know he's a young guy he can shoot and he's he has a great contract the same thing Marco's contract is a little bit more iffy and he's a little bit older but if you know a team needed a veteran shooter to come in and shoot I mean he's a great we, we saw him go to the Sixers we saw him go to the Kings you know why not so no there's not an issue with with the Spurs having these guards you know on uh, these guards on rotation because they can make it happen they can make it work yeah. Um, and Lonnie, Lonnie doesn't, re- doesn't need to get 15, 20 minutes next year. You know, if he gets 10, 15 minutes or, you know, 10 to 12 minutes, it's not a problem. It's fine. Let him develop a little bit. This is his rookie year. Nothing, you know, I, I know people are all crazy about him getting time and, 
oh, he should be playing more, but it's okay. He doesn't need to be playing that much this season. Let him develop. Let him explore his... Let him blossom naturally and organically. We don't need to force it. He still has a lot of work to do uh, before he can become NBA serviceable. I'm not saying he's a bust, and I'm not saying that he's not going to be great or good. I'm just saying, let the Spurs do what they do best, and that is developing players. For sure, and I agree with all that, so... Well, this has been At The Line, another great episode, another great time, another F-bomb drops. We'll put that into the dink. We'll put that third, that's a, the third F-bomb we've dropped on this podcast. Go us. We're getting a little bit more loose with that. <laughs> getting too loose. Uh, so check us out at our home base at thelinepodcast.com, or you can find us, that's not the right, that's not the right link at all. You can find us on bellyupsports.com as well. You can also find the podcast on where you get your podcasts, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pod... I think Pocket Cast. One to two. Let's go. You can also find us on Twitter at the Line Pod. On Twitter, you can find Mac and I at Ty Yeager Radio and at Mac Pen Media. You can find Noah and the 503 on Twitter at 503 Blazers Fans. That's at 503 Blazer Fans. Go follow them. Go follow the Trailblazers Twitter account because that's just a fun Twitter account to be following. What are you, what's your what's your top Twitter besides uh, Blazers? Um, I don't really know. I would say probably the Kings. The Kings has a pretty good, pretty good Twitter. Yeah. Also, you can also find me on the Royalty Basketball Podcast. I host that with Austin DeBolt and James Laffery, who made that stupid troll question, but whatever. <laughs> but you can find us at Royalty, Pod- Royalty Podcast on Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RUPodCommunity or on their webpage bit.ly slash community. They're awesome. They are helping out podcasts everywhere. And we are a proud member of the Rise Up Podcast community. Rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast community. We got merch too. New place. New merch at the line hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, and the guys drunk hoodies and shirts. You can find them at bit.ly slash at the line store, or you can find them in the link below or on our homepage at the linepodcast.com. At the line is part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Visit bellyupsports.com for articles and podcasts of all your favorite sports. At bellyupsports.com. Be be bold and stand out. Mac, anything last thing? We got 14 seconds. Blazers, follow my man, 503 Blazers, and do it. Go Spurs, go. We'll see you back here at the line. <laughs>